When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is a special episode of Crew Call. I'm welcoming my co-host, Katie Campioni, who is very knowledgeable about our guest today, Olivia Rodrigo, who was shortlisted for the song Can't Catch Me Now for the Oscars from The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. So I just want to begin with Katie. When did Olivia first arrive on your radar? Like, what did you love about her? She first popped up on my radar when she was cast in uh, High School Musical, the musical, the series. Uh, She started in the Disney pipeline. She started with a show on Disney Channel called Bizarre Vark. And then her next role was in HSM TMTS. And something that just stuck out to me was how talented she was. And right away, I think it was the fourth episode of season one, she had written a song um, called All I Want for that show. And it's a really really beautiful song and a pretty like gorgeous breathtaking piece of work for a teenager uh, to write for a tv show and that just really impressed me and I think from there I just have followed her career Um, I know everybody was impressed with Sour and the release of Driver's License um, one of the biggest songs in the world and she's on everybody's radar now um, but it's been nice to watch her career grow. You know to write a song and riveting lyrics we think of Taylor Swift is Olivia in that camp? Because there's some serious lyrics going on in this song, Can't Catch Me Now. I think she definitely does, you know, elicit those comparisons just in the depth of her songwriting, especially at such a young age. I don't think there's a lot of songwriters who, you know, she's only 20. She's about to turn 21. There's not a lot of songwriters at that age who could write the lyrics that she's writing and elicit the kind of emotion that she elicits with such um, beautiful, haunting lyrics. Um, she somehow manages to capture exactly what it feels like to be a teenage girl, but with lyrics that you are very surprised to find that a teenage girl wrote, um, which I think just makes her all the more impressive. Um, and so I definitely can see why she gets compared to somebody like Taylor Swift or, you know, a Lord or any of those very young, talented female songwriters. So Olivia is already a, a Grammy winner uh, with more noms uh, this year. Can Is that unprecedented for someone her age? It's definitely very impressive. I'm not actually sure if it's unprecedented, but to be nominated for 13 Grammys just off of her first, you know, two albums alone, I think is incredibly impressive. She's already won three um, and her second album, Guts, is nominated and will be competing pretty soon for album of the year. Um, And I think that that just adds to, you know, all of the accolades add to what everyone already knows, which is that she's an incredibly talented songwriter. I think I continue to be more impressed with her music with every song that she writes. Um, And it's really evident that she's committed to excelling and exceeding and honing her craft. And she, it doesn't seem like she's finished 
exploring the depth of her capabilities. Well, let's welcome her to the show. Olivia Rodrigo, welcome to Deadline's Crew Call. Thank you so much for having me. So, Olivia, Suzanne Collins is this former country DJ, and there's several bluegrass-inspired ballads written in the book. Mm -hmm. But Can't Catch Me Now has its own style. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, I was super inspired by um, the sort of Appalachian folk songs that are in... um, the Hunger Games movie. I think they're really incredible. And yeah, I, I actually learned that Suzanne Collins was a country DJ after watching um, this, you know, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes film. And it totally made so much sense to me because um, I guess she wrote the lyrics of all the songs that are in the movie in the book and then they turned it into like a full-fledged song for the film. Um, and I thought I thought that was so cool. And I think she is obviously such a great lyricist as, long, as well as a great author. Um, so I was really inspired by those songs and I, um, I, I love folk music in general. And so I sort of wanted to do, um, my own take on the whole thing. Um, yeah, and it was a lot of fun to kind of get to uh, sing in, in, in that sort of color of my voice. Yeah. I, I think the song is a really beautiful haunting folk song and I know you collaborated with Dan Nigro on it. Um, can you talk through how many versions of the song there was or how long it took you to land on that final product? Yeah. Um, so we got the call to, um, you know, maybe possibly write a song um, for this movie and I was so excited. I am such a huge fan of the Hunger Games and I'm such a huge fan of um the Hunger Games soundtracks too. I think they're incredible. Uh, and so it was a very exciting call and we went and we watched the film and loved it. And um, I really resonated with the character, Lucy Gray. I think she's so strong and vulnerable and kind and, you know, all of these characteristics that you want to see in a strong female lead. And um, so we, we, I think we wrote, I think this is the second version. Um, we, I think we wrote one iteration of the song and then decided to kind of go back and refine it. And um, that's what we ended up with, um, is, is the song Can Catch Me Now. Um, but it, you know, it was a super fun um, process as a songwriter for, uh, for both of us, I think, to um, kind of take a story that's already um, outlined for you and kind of color it in with your own, um, with your own, you know, paint, uh, if, 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 yeah, you know, um, so... Yeah, it was a very fun experience for me as a songwriter, and it kind of stretched my my writing muscles. Mm-hmm. And it's the first song you've written for a film, but you have written for TV before. Um, and, you know, All I Want, even before you put out any albums, hit the top 100 charts and was a huge hit. And I wonder, how has your songwriting specifically for film and TV evolved since then? Yeah, that's so funny you brought that up. Yeah, I kind of never thought of that. That actually was how I got my start. Um, I was an actor um, when I was younger and I was lucky enough to be on um, a few Disney shows. And um, I always loved writing songs and I got the opportunity to write a song for High School Musical, the musical, the series, which is a show that I was acting in at the time. Um, And I wrote this song called All I Want that was about, um, you know, the character that I was playing struggles with romantic love, but also kind of mirrored my own at the time. Um, it was really wonderful. And that was kind of the first song that I ever wrote all by myself that I put out into the world and uh, sort of how I got my record deal and sort of spawned this whole amazing journey that has been the last few years. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's something really beautiful about restricting yourself as a songwriter. Um, you know, in my albums, I think, um, you know, they're very diaristic in nature. And I go into the studio and start making an album and it's kind of just like, 
the world is your oyster and sometimes it's a little overwhelming. And um, I, I find that it's actually uh, really beneficial as a creative person to kind of set some parameters that you can work in. And it kind of makes your brain think differently and actually makes you um, more inspired, I think. So writing for a film is a, is a great opportunity to kind of do that and, and, and restrict yourself. Mm-hmm. Did you notice any big differences between writing for a character you were playing versus writing about a character that you weren't? Yeah, I mean, possibly. I think I knew when I when I wrote the song for High School Musical, I knew that character inside and out because I've been playing her for years. Um, but, you know, writing um, from the perspective of Lucy Gray was super exciting because it was this character that I was kind of just beginning um, to learn about. Um, and she was so exciting. And, and I, I really was so inspired by her and her actions and, and the plot. And um, I remember there was one scene in particular. There's a scene in the movie, no spoilers, but something really intense happens. Um, and there's this overhead shot of all these birds in the trees um, that are just like ducking in and out and it was like the climax of the movie for me and I remember thinking oh, I really want to write a song that captures that exact frame um and uh so I it was just an interesting way to approach it I think um you know I, I got to be a little bit more specific um with the Hunger Games movie mm-hmm. absolutely and, and in general I think you can probably speak to how being an actor has helped your songwriting and kind of putting yourself in different people's shoes yeah um, yeah, I think about it all the time. I um, I often wonder, um, you know, why so many people who are interested in, in acting and film are also interested in music, and I think they're very close cousins. Um, I uh, I think that from a very young age, I was never made to feel ashamed for showing any of my emotions. You know, I was always so encouraged, you know, to be as expressive as you possibly could be, and I think that that is a skill that I really value in my songwriting as well um and uh yeah like you said I get to put you know I get to go in other people's shoes um in acting and it's also a very useful skill um in songwriting especially with writing a song for something like this so um yeah I I I love both acting and, and and singing a lot and I find that they really help each other um you know lots of the skills kind of overlap mm-hmm. well and and can Catch Me Now is a folk song and your albums are lean heavily into pop and rock. And I wonder about how it was to explore the folk genre and if it's something that's inspired you to continue exploring those new genres in your personal work as well. Yeah, totally. I love folk music and I love singer-songwriter music. I love acoustic music. It's um, I feel like I actually sort of fell in love with songwriting through songs like that. Um, so it was so fun to get to write Um sort of folky Americana song for for the Hunger Games. I feel like they always do that so well. Um, So yeah, it's definitely something that I would love to keep exploring. And I actually write a lot of kind of folky guitar songs just in my free time for fun. And so um, yeah, it's a genre I'm I'm really in love with and um, can't wait to keep learning more about. I was going to ask you, Olivia, do you primarily write on guitar or do you also write on piano? I write on both. Um, I started writing songs on piano, and I'm a little bit better at piano. Um, so I, I, I usually a song will start on there, but sometimes it's fun to um, play an instrument that you're not so good at. I think it kind of makes your brain, um, you know, have to work a little harder, and sometimes that will be more inspiring on a, on a certain day. So yeah, back and forth. And for "Can't Catch Me Now," was it was a guitar? We see you play guitar in the video. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I um, it was guitar for can't catch me now um but i was at the studio with dan and we we're just kind of playing some simple chords and um the first thing we we wrote was the the kind of 
Ascending in the trees and in the da, 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 da. I think we just sung that like in a, in a law and um, thought that that was kind of beautiful and haunting. And so the rest of the song kind of fell into place from there. Well, and I didn't know this, but I recently learned that you learned guitar on Bizarre Vark, um, and it wasn't something that you had learned before you got that role, which I think is so funny and like fortuitous that now it's something you use so often in your songwriting. I know. Yeah. I mean, man, I just don't think you'll ever regret learning an instrument. I remember like, especially with piano lessons when I was younger, being like, oh God, this is so tough. Like, I don't like learning the scales and this is like boring, yada, yada, yada. And I was like 12 years old and now it's just my favorite thing to do in the world. And I'm so happy that my parents kind of put me in the lessons. So, you know, for any, for, for anybody listening that's, you know, debating whether or not to start or stop piano lessons, stay in it. It's really good. <laughs> lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've talked a lot about how songwriting has been a part of your life since you were really little, but I wonder... Um, have you, since you were young, have you been writing songs for other characters or has it mostly been personal work? Has there ever been a movie that's inspired you to write a song about it that just for yourself? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I think that I always write about how I'm feeling, but it's so funny um, to like listen back to some of the songs I wrote when I was like 13 years old. I have all these like heartbreak songs I wrote when I was so young and I'd never even like held a boy's hand before I'm like where is this heartbreak coming from like how are you writing so powerfully about this breakup that you haven't gone through but um I don't know I always think that feelings are sort of emotional regardless I, I mean feelings are um feelings are powerful kind of regardless of um the context that's around they're surrounded in and um so often I find that they're sort of always relatable in that way but um yeah I used to write songs I used to write a lot of songs for like my favorite books or movies like I used to write a lot of songs about Percy Jackson when I was very young and Harry Potter I used to write songs about I used to take other people's songs that I loved and just write lyrics that I thought were more fitting for my life in them and keep the melody the same um so yeah it was always fun lots of experimentation going on when I was young that's so fun. Is there another, you know, I think we have similar, we grew up with similar tastes in terms of like those fandoms that we all grew up in. Is there another one that you would kind of love to, I mean, they're all being revived right now. So is there another one that you'd love to kind of jump in on and collaborate on? Oh my gosh. I can't even think. I was such a fangirl when I was young. I was a big One Direction fangirl too, but I don't think we're going to get a reboot of that, but <laughs> if we ever did, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, well, yeah, between Twilight, Harry Potter, they're all com- Percy Jackson, they're all coming back around. So I think the opportunities there are kind of endless. <laughs> I love it. Golden age. <laughs> um, well, and something else about your career that I've really admired is just the way that you've approached the business. I feel like your career took off so quickly um, and you've kind of tried to maintain your creative control and like protect your creative process, which I really appreciate. Um, and I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what you've learned over the past few years as your career has kind of skyrocketed about the business side of music. 
Yeah. I mean, I've learned, I think, everything about um, the business side of music in the past few years. I think when I put out Driver's License um, and, you know, it did really well, I I knew absolutely zero about any of the music industry. And I kind of had to learn as I went along. Um, and I feel really grateful that I always had people around me who had my best interests in mind and who were very protective. Um, I, I, I definitely don't take that for granted. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm learning more about it every day um, as, as, the, as the days go on. I, I, um, yeah, I think, that, I think the most important thing though that I've learned is to always make business decisions that will allow me to have full creative control over, over what I'm doing. Um, Cause that's the most important thing at the end of the day is that you feel empowered to say what you want to say, how you want to say it. Um, and so that's always my, my MO anytime I'm, I'm involved in any business things like that. So I have a question about your Guts World Tour. Um, can you tell us anything about your inspiration for it or the visual aesthetic or anything, you know, cause this can be a really big one for you. Yeah, I'm very excited. We're kind of in tour, tour rehearsal mode right now. Um, and it's been very fun. Um, I, I, I really wanted to feel like a rock show in, in some parts. I think I wrote Guts with the tour in mind and, Think some of the songs are kind of rowdy and rambunctious and I hope that people can come and kind of feel like they can blow off some steam um, at certain parts um, but you know that being said there's also some really intimate moments and um, I'm kind of figuring that all out it's the first time I'm I'm playing these um, larger um, arenas so I'm figuring out how to still maintain some sort of intimacy and, and, and feeling close to the audience is, is something I'm definitely thinking about too um, but yeah, it's going to be really fun. I'm, I'm very excited. Very grateful. This is something that I'd love to hear more people in pop do. So gosh, back before social media took hold in the millennium, Prince would go out and do these kind of, I forgot what they were called, like crash and burn shows. He would kind of get the word out that he was performing on like the darker internet. And then he'd show up like midnight on a Saturday at House of Blues. And I'm wondering, have you ever done or thought of doing anything like that to try out material? It's funny because I asked Billy Eilish and Phineas if they would ever do anything like that. And he was like, I'd love to do something like that, but not in this age. We'd have to like pocket cell phones and we'd have to, Yeah, <laughs> he said it would never work. He said somehow it would never true. work. That's true, man. That's so cool though. I love that. Like just I as a way to I... like, stoke the fan base and also try out new stuff without being judged. And you yeah, know. there's something so nice about the thought of being able to perform with no consequences and just kind of be free. I think I find my best performances are always kind of in that mindset. No, I haven't done it. I mean, the closest thing I can think about, I can think of in that vein is, is last year when I was on tour, um, me and my band, I think we were in like Scotland or something. And we went to this bar after the show and I, I didn't even have anything to drink because it, it messes with my voice. The next day I had to sing, whatever. And there was a band on stage and they were playing like emo music and they were playing Good For You and they didn't know that I was in there. And I was like, whoa, so cool. Like, that's awesome. And so the band went off and they they had me and my band go up and sing a song. And I was like, that's so much fun. That was like the sort of kind of um, like free, no pressure kind of playing music vibe that I think is so great. But I, I really like your idea. Maybe I'll take that take that idea to heart. 
I always love those really intimate shows or, you know, whether it's in a bar or it's just, you know, House of Blues or any of these really small venues we have in L.A., um, especially with artists that don't play those venues as often. And, you know, as your stardom continues to rise, I feel like um, it'll be cool to see you continue to play those small venues when you can. Yeah, I know. I I love a small venue show. Yeah, it's totally the vibe. Do you have any other projects lined up? As far as either acting or or songwriting, um, you know, I'm always writing songs. I'm I always try to make that a habit of my day to day life. I just find that makes me so happy, and I feel depressed if I don't write all the time. So that's always a constant thing going on. But um, no, just focused on the tour and getting ready for that. And um, yeah, I turn 21 in like a month, so that's exciting. That's really exciting thing on the agenda so looking forward to that do you write a lot on the tour during the downtime I'm gonna try it's it, it is a little difficult for whatever reason artists always told me that before I went on my first tour I was like oh I'm gonna write every day and they're like it's not as easy as you think and that sort of turned out to be true but I hope that I'll maintain some sort of creativity every day I, I'm a big journaler on tour I like read a bunch on tour so the juices will still be flowing, even if I'm not writing, you know, entire albums on the road. Uh, have you thought at all about album number three or how to follow up Guts? Yeah, I, I have been thinking about it a lot. Um, I feel inspired. I feel like I, there's so many genres of music that I love and so many different types of songwriting that inspire me. And um, yeah, I, 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 um, I'm very excited for what the future holds. I think it's, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're shortlisted for an Oscar nomination for Can't Catch Me Now, which is, again, like we said earlier, the first song you've written for film. And I wonder, um, seeing the shortlist and seeing Can't Catch Me Now on it, just how how you felt kind of seeing that happen. Yeah, I mean, still in pinching myself. I think it's such an incredible honor, um, you know, even just to be included in um, that incredible group of songwriters. So many of those songs I just adore. And, um, you know, I, I'm very inspired by all the songwriters that are on that list. So it was, it was a real honor. And I had so much fun writing this song for the movie. That's just, you know, for it to be recognized in that way. It's just the, you know, icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, after you had your first successful album with Sour, and then there was so much chatter about how you'd follow it up with Guts, and you did, and it was fantastic. And it you know, earned so many Grammy nominations. And I wonder now that you're also potentially an Oscar nominee, how you kind of, you know, keep the noise out and keep the pressure off of that, your, your art and your songwriting, um, because that is a lot of, you know, accolades within such a short period of time for you. Yeah. I mean, it's really tough. I, I, I definitely had a hard time drowning out the noise while making guts. I think it was a very high pressure scenario and um, and a lot of voices in my head and a lot of things that I thought people wanted me to be. Um, and uh, towards the beginning of the album making process, it felt pretty daunting. Um, I think about halfway through though, I kind of had to shift my mindset and I just, my sole goal was to make songs that I would hear, I would like to hear on the radio, songs that I'd like add to my playlist if I heard them come across on a, you know, whatever station. Um, and uh, once I started making songs with that in mind, it started be, to become a lot easier and I started to be more inspired and I started to just make songs that, that that moved me. And at the end of the day, I think that's all you can do as an artist. Everything else is out of your control. Do you have any artists or albums that you go back to when you're really in need of creative inspiration? 
Yeah. I, I mean, I love listening to like OG singer songwriters. I find that that's an endless well of inspiration. I was listening to a lot of Simon and Garfunkel while making Guts and, and this Hunger Games song. I listened to a lot of like Carol King and, and, and Joni Mitchell and people like that. I feel like always, um, you know, kind of move me. So yeah, but they're on heavy rotation. Yeah, absolutely. Olivia Rodrigo, performer and songwriter of Can't Catch Me Now from The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Thank you so much for joining us. And a big thank you thank to you Keith so Campion. Much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode.